You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody. I am Andrew Lowen, your host of the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast. I did this intro wrong, but I don't even care. I am joined today by Sexy Irish Sean and also Ori Kagan of Kagan Productions. And we're going to talk about all things video or some things video. Welcome to the show, Ori. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm curious as to where you got your start and all of that in in your profession. I was born in Israel. So my dad made uh, Aliyah, what's called. He came from uh, the UK to live in Israel. I grew up here, grew up as a born and bred uh, nerd and geek, doing my uh, Star Wars fan films in the backyard and uh, playing board games before it was like anything at all. And my my dream was to become a filmmaker, basically, to become a filmmaker or a storyteller or something like that. And going through film studies after I did my service and like everyone needs to do, I realized that dream might not be the right one because the industry in Israel was pretty terrible to anyone joining it. Leaving the country was never really an option. So I never, you know, like others just go live in Los Angeles and eventually you'll be picked up. So I started uh, working as an editor at a local uh, uh, a studio here, just nine, nine to five, working all day, making the same boring promotional videos. And it got really, really bad, low pay and tr- being treated a very toxic place. Had two kids back then and they wouldn't even let me like leave the office to take care of a sick kid. And it got to like a very extreme point where I was like, okay, I quit. I can't do this anymore. And it was when my, my, our second born was just about to be born. We wanted to buy a house. We had bills to pay. It was like the worst time to quit. But the moment I did that, that was the best decision I've ever made because it literally opened me up to the world, literally, and offers just started coming in. And the month after, as a freelance uh, animator, I made twice as much than I made in my uh, low uh, in my uh, previous day job. And I very quickly managed to get to a point where I could support my family. And all of a sudden, I start remembering my dream. I wanted to tell crazy stories. I wanted to uh, uh, combine my passions with uh, what what I love to do with my craft. And I would back Kickstarters, and I saw that. All Kickstarters need a video, and some of those videos aren't very good. So I was just like, I think I think I could do something a little bit better. This was during the era where people would, you know, pitch their project in the video even before it's done. So I had this vision, and I started, you know, searching locally, uh, and I found a designer that needed two videos made. I made them for like near nothing, like a hundred dollars for a video, just just to get something done, just to do something cool. And obviously I gave it the thousand percent. I made crazy, insane videos. And then I used those videos to share on Facebook groups and ask if anyone wants something like this. And I found another indie designer and I made a video for a campaign called uh, Crossing Olympus. And it was amazing. It was like Greek gods and, and effects and stuff like that. And I was having the time of my life. But then the campaign failed. And that really got me upset. I was like, okay, I'm going to find out how to make the best videos that would help campaigns fund. And from there, two years forwards, 
this is my sole uh, uh, profession. I have a team because there's just too much work. I managed to get to like huge clients and working on crazy IPs, which I've never ever imagined I'll work on. I did the video for Skyrim, Rome Total War. I did a video for Dune, which is like one of my favorite things. And I finally worked on something which I can't really talk about, but it has something to do with stars and wars, but I won't say any more than that. So <laughs> I don't know what that is. You should have just said space wizards. Space wizards. So I I sort of feel like I came full circle in this journey, and I'm super excited to see what's next. How do I manage? That's funny because all those uh, people you mentioned are all our clients as well. (laughs) So we we probably have a lot of overlap. You you talked about you know having people on your team, and we interviewed David Diaz of Mesa Game Labs. I know that you have some type of collaboration now and again, but how close is your working relationship with David? Well, there is David from Misa Game Labs, and there's also George Georgias from Onero. And I think this was, this might have been like more than a year ago, a year and a half ago. We sort of saw that we're all doing the same work. We would see each other videos. And I think I was the first one to reach out to George and just tell him about a video that he did. And I was like, oh, that, that's just amazing. And he's like, Ori, I'm so glad you reached out. I've been wanting to talk to you as well. And we decided to just uh, connect. And through that, we also connected to David. And we discovered that although we're competitors, we really, really like each other. We're really, you know, we have the same interests. We love obviously playing board games, but we're the same type of uh, nerds and collect stuff. And we had such a great vibe. We decided, you know, we're going to help this industry. It's not, we're going to have... You know, each one still has their their own business, but we'll definitely help each other whenever we need. And right now, it's every chance to collaborate, we will jump on it. You know, David did uh, uh, help me in the Rome Total War video. He used his Hollywood skills to animate the a, a full rigged character, which was one of my dreams to do. Uh, George helped me with a live action video for uh, Cranky Chinchillas, which they needed to. The, the client lived in Canada. And George has in his home, his personal home studio. So I said, let's let's do this together. And yeah, we're we're happily working with each other and we'll see where, where this goes. Yeah, I think the board game industry is probably one of the only industries where competitors help each other. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a, it's quite interesting that uh, you see that quite a lot of overlap with a lot of different spaces, but everyone's sort of just helping each other out. And I know Jamie Stegmeyer has really spearheaded that in, in the industry of just giving so much and contributing so much to the community and i think it's really rubbed off on other people sort of created this culture where everyone is looking out for each other and helping each other out so it's really great to see on this episode we wanted to cover video production on a budget because i don't think people actually realize how expensive video production is and because they don't understand the cost of the software the cost of the hardware the 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 time and the commitments that needs to go into producing these videos but for people who don't have massive budgets, who are kind of doing things on this huge dream budget, we want to cover some tips and tricks or some software, some things that you've produced that can really help reduce those costs and get the ball rolling for their Kickstarter video. So mm-hmm. what tips would you have for people to reduce the cost of video production? One of the things I, I, that happened naturally as I was you know, expanding my business and getting to bigger clients and having less time 
and having more clients was I had to raise my prices to keep my business going, to be able to pay fair wages. So I had no choice and it's part of the thing that happens. And the smaller clients slowly couldn't afford me anymore. And I felt really bad about this because I really felt connected to people that are trying to achieve their dream. I thought it was just, because you could see with my conversations, the delight they have around their, their prototype and they're talking about their game with passion and they have very high dreams for the future. And right now I just in a, a point where most of these clients will just not be able to afford the high end videos I make. And I can't even make a low budget version because we just don't have the time to do these. So I'm now basically trying to help as much as possible to educate people that want to do it themselves and to give them the tools to do that. So I currently have three ways, three suggestions for how to make a low budget video. And these three options really depend on the target audience. So the first example is actually uh, uh, going back to the original days of Kickstarter, doing a heartfelt help us type video, sitting behind a table and just talking genuinely without a script and telling about their game, showing what you have, being excited and just genuinely connecting to your backers. And a, an amazing example for this was CoraQuest. I don't know if you've heard of, which was yeah. just mind-blowingly effective. A dad and his daughter during the pandemic just made an amazing game so they can play together, which they would both enjoy. And the whole video was them sitting behind a table and just being themselves. And it was just a joy to watch. And I never insta back a, a game harder than that one because I was just like, this is the experience I wanted to have. So this literally costs nothing because everyone has a camera, everyone can do this. And this really fits for, for family-friendly games, for games which are for party games, things that would work well with children and you're talking to the parents, uh, similar like Core Quest. What, what else do you think? Which, ty which type of uh, games do you imagine this would fit? Well, I think people greatly underestimate that format. We often encourage our clients to record those types of videos for their advertisements because they can often do quite well because they are so personal and so relatable and they don't seem like advertisements or people are selling things. I think sometimes things can look too polished and people are put off by it. It's like this is an advertisement, but when it's a bit bit homemade, they can do quite well. As long as it's, it's recorded decently, I think it could probably suit most projects. I think the key is having good audio yes. and trying to have good lighting. So one tip that we give people is to record in a quiet space and shoot by facing a window and that way the natural light's hitting your face. And um, that, that can often be an easy way to get lighting without spending money. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think as long as it's not shaky cam or anything <laughs> thing like that, and it's pretty stable and the audio quality is good and you're articulate, I think it could probably work on most things. I think it's, it is underutilized and I don't think there's an, it might suit a particular type of game. Oh yeah, I was going to say, you know, I I do think that people really miss out on an opportunity of connecting with their audience, like connecting with the people watching the video because a lot of people are going to watch a video, a person expressing a message that is heartfelt and honest and uh full of passion is going to move the needle for people. And in some cases, I think that 
you know, you see like one of the best videos I've ever, uh, or that's been done for any project that I've ever, you know, that I kind of remember is the fidget cube. And they did, I would say like a, the more professional, like the most professional version of what, what it is that we're talking about. They told a story that really resonated with people. It was really silly. You know, it's like, I just fidget all day long in this little cube that does nothing, but it has like six different sides of little knobs you can twist and things you can click, you know, but, um, the, and they use actors and whatnot, but I really think that they did a great job telling a story and you just simply sitting in front of the camera eliminates all the bells and whistles, you know, and you just telling a story. I think that there's a lot of value in doing that. And, you know, I think that there's, you know, uh, the gold standard nowadays to me is always a thematic video, like a thematic introduction that includes gameplay footage with GIFs and, uh, in essence, 3D components that are moving and kind of gets the story across, but it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't try to nail the gameplay necessarily. And, you know, in my campaign for deliverance, I did something that was kind of thematic and gameplay driven, but I would say I could have probably done almost as well on the actual Kickstarter itself with a video of this is deliverance. This is my goal here's the prototype in front of me and you are, you know, and give kind of that thematic overview myself. There, uh, there are, you know, kind of shortcomings with such a video, but if, you know, it's, it's very, to me, it's very important that you have a video. And I think that that actually adds value to people that watch it. So I'm personally a big, a big fan of doing something like that when you don't, you know, for those first-time creators that don't have a big budget to divide across ads and reviewers and video and, you know, Kickstarter assets, but have to do a lot of things themselves, that's a great way to kind of do something that I personally see as required for a good Kickstarter campaign and save money that you might not have to spend. When we're dealing with backer expectations, if supposed, suppose you would have done that for deliverance, don't you worry that your your audience might fear like, oh, he's not putting any effort into the video. How will that reflect on the game itself? Yeah, now I, I do think that, uh, so this is what I'll say is it kind of boils down to conversion rate for me. Um, what, what the question that you posed, if you put more money into a, uh, a video, it, rather with a, with a talented videographer with vision such as yourself, I do think that more people would be convinced to back. And uh, so I think that there's inherent value in investing. It's, it's not a, an expense. It's more of an investment that I think does pay itself back for, uh, for, you know, the right, the right campaigns. But um, I'll say that your conversion rate will drop, but it, it's not going to be zero. If you, ha if you did, let's say a much uh, simpler version, and the, for me, one of the main areas that you kind of lose out on is uh, rather, sorry. Uh, so I, we use David Diaz of Mesa Game Lab, and I know that you guys actually work together on projects and refer back and forth sometimes and that sort of thing. So when we use David, I wanted to use or to give people a vision for what I thought the game should be. And I didn't think that I could do that in front of a camera. I thought I needed because of, you know, deliverance being the Christian fantasy product that it was, there were a lot, it's really an untested, it was an untested market at, at, at the time. 
And I needed people to see how serious it was as a campaign, how serious it took itself. And that to me was a very important element of my overall marketing strategy. I do think that a lot of games with themes like, you know, you look at something like zombies or pirates or space wizards, you know, uh, some of the other projects that you mentioned, those people believe that, well, they already kind of buy into the idea that this is a universe like Dune. It, the universe takes itself seriously. It's, it is, you know, the Harkonnids and the whatevers, right? And all of that is kind of well-established. Whereas I felt like with mine, people wouldn't know if it was just trying to be a, you know, a preacher in a box type game, or if it was going to be quote unquote Christian, but also have very like grotesque demons in there and things that certain, you know, so it was, there were a lot of audiences looking at it. We'll say like the Christian audience and the secular audiences looking, wanting to know what it was like. And I felt like I needed to really showcase those things in a way that showed them that it took itself seriously. But I would say that 90% of campaigns, people will automatically assume that the game universe takes itself seriously. And if not, you know, for the other 10%, something like you mentioned, Nut Hunt, it's meant to be light. It's meant to be kind of silly and, uh, and fun. And, uh, you know, it appeals in a different manner. And so I would say maybe, I mean, I'm just, pulling percentages and stats out of my butt right now. But, you know, I'd say three quarters of, of projects that launch could probably pass muster with a uh, video like we're talking about right now. Something that's on a budget that doesn't really go into depth showing the, the, the product in a 3D environment. You know, you do miss out on some things, you know, by doing something like that instead of the 3D, but uh, which we can talk about. But... Yeah, I think it's also important to acknowledge that some backers don't even look at the video. You know, we interviewed J Jeremy Howard, Man vs. Meeple, and he says he never watches the video. He always goes straight past it. So yeah. there are some people who are going to be more inclined to watch the video who are maybe are more interested in, in those types of things. I always watch the video. I, it's the first thing I do is watch the video. So uh, some people don't. They just they scroll past. So Yeah. And actually, that to that point, I think that if you if you pay somebody, you know, 3500 to ten thousand dollars for an epic video then um or you know whatever it costs with these folks i mean it's it's um such a missed opportunity if the first place people have ever seen it is on your kickstarter page yeah i think that uh you know one of the one of the things that we did with david when he gave us our video i shared it in my facebook group i put it in my automatic welcome email i featured it in an email blast that went out that uh you know my next email blast that went out and it was like a huge thing to we my, used to ads yeah, 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 we used it for ads. Even used it in the the lay pledge. Right. I think we had five thousand views on that video before it actually went. Oh, you know what? Maybe even more. I remember using the video in like so. I posted it to our Facebook page, and then I sh I used that. So I actually uploaded the file to Facebook, and then I shared versus like uploading it to YouTube, which I also did. I uploaded it to YouTube, but I uploaded it to Facebook on our Facebook page. And I kind of unveiled it there and I shared it to a lot of other places and it probably got, I think I shared it like 30 times and it got a bunch more shares and a bunch of views. And then we actually used the people that had watched that video, like 75% of the way through or to completion or, you know, and other, there are other metrics that you can use to target, to target our ads. And it was Amazing. very effective. That is one of the things I keep 
I, I now force my clients to do uh, essentially, I tell them, look, you're paying a lot of money for this video. You are going to be using it as much as you can. Okay, don't just drop it on your Kickstarter page because some of them actually did it. So I would prepare in advance, you know, a short teaser, a 30 second teaser while we're still making the video. I'll share that to get people starting to get things warmed up. And then I'll create like a 15 second ad launching tomorrow. And then another one, then there's the Kickstarter itself on the one itself. And then there is one during the campaign one after I even can give them like a clean version so they can insert any any call to action they want, you know, a late pledge now, uh, uh, on in stores now, you know, whatever they want, you've paid for this. You should be able to use it as much as you can and get the most out of it. So let's circle back to this idea of creating videos on the budget. So the first one is just to whip out your phone and just record a headshot. This is who I am. This is what I'm making. What other advice would you have for people who are trying to make videos on a budget? So we talked before about how wonderful and helpful the board game community is. Everyone, even competitors seem to be helping each other. So that is my second word of advice is get help. Ask the people around you, and this would be better for live action compared to animation. You probably know someone that has a good camera, DSLR. You probably know someone that has a few lights or even garden lights or whatever. You probably know someone that has a beautiful house with a wonderful table and a great location to showcase this game. And just start reaching out, see who can come and help with you, a good microphone, and then invites, invite some of your friends to, you know, offer them a free meal and plan this out in advance. And I've, I've done this with, with, uh, with a client of mine. I'll get to that in a moment. But basically, get people to help you on, on goodwill. And, you know, you can offer them, like, all sort of incentives, a fun game night, for example, and create a very authentic, fun, and engaging video with people, okay, rather than doing it yourself. And the whole post-production process, there are many solutions for free software. There is a, a DaVinci Resolve on something a little bit more co complex, and you can just do it with Movie Maker and plenty of other softwares which are for free. Put, edit it together. If you know someone that knows how to edit, that might be a good time to call in a favor. And you can find out what budget you do have and spend it on something that would elevate it a step further. For example, a very good voiceover that on Fiverr can cost between 100 and 300 bucks. If you can spare that, that would elevate it to another level. If you can get someone to do um, uh, just a little bit of animation, just for maybe the logo or the end title, those tiny things make it appear rather than just a DIY, a do-it-yourself video to a, to a well-produced video. And I would love to give an example of that. Uh, I had a client, uh, Sean Lee, and he had a game called Citrus. And he had a low budget. He couldn't do the high-end 3D video. And this, this game has a huge tower. And it really merits, you know, that the, similar to Deliverance, there's a whole world and there's characters and this whole relationship between the upper class and the lower class. And I met him and I could see he really needed the big video, but he could not afford it. So what I, I suggested is that I, I guided him Okay, I sort of consulted him on how to do this production. And I said, uh, and I took this back from my school film, uh, film school days. I gave him like production notes and the equipment list and crew members and, you know, just remembering to eat because <laughs> that's something. I gave him the brief. Basically, <laughs> I gave him the brief 
uh, make sure there's water. Uh, these things that you, you always forget, you never think about, you know, scout for locations, make, you know, minimize the mistakes that will happen because mistakes will happen. And what he paid me for was to edit it, just to take it and edit with my, you know, fast paced, crazy energy. And his campaign made over $70,000. It was just amazing, amazing how well it did for him. And um, I was just so proud of it. It was just amazing. That's excellent. I really like the the feedback of, you know, when you plan, they say when you, when you plan, for every hour you plan, it saves five hours of, of work. And I think that, you know, like you said, something as simple as finding, you know, talking to a friend that has a really great location, you know, a nice house or a nice table, you know, with, uh, that can give you that professional look and, you know, great lighting, you know, natural light. I personally find that like between 11 in the morning, you know, like late morning to early afternoon, like 11 to two has perfect lighting. And whenever I want to show something like in an unboxing, I always find that I aim for the hours of 11 to two to show just because the natural light outside, if the day is sunny, filters in very easily through well-lit rooms or, you know, rooms in my house with windows. And And it's um, free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that people really underestimate, you know, we talk, we're talking about like doing a Kickstarter video right now, which is that video that's kind of above the fold on your Kickstarter project that people can watch before really even needing to scroll. And, but I, I think that there's so much potential for just simply whipping out your iPhone or Android, if you have a decent camera and recording something, I, I, you know, how many views my terrible video with, you know, me holding my iPhone and trying to cut open a box from, from China, from my manufacturer, those types of videos get a lot of engagement because people are, it's not so much about the quality as it is about the substance. There's a lot of substance in a video that I, Hey, it's a bunch of new components. I'm going to open the neoprene mat for the very first time. I'm going to look at the metal coins for the very first time. You know, stuff like that is huge. Or even a, you know, the latest prototype from the game crafter or whatever. It's like, these are the, the things that I'm, you know, able to just use some, you know, quote unquote, unprofessional hand to, to make something great. It all comes basically to one thing. It's story. It's a story you're telling and story can be told from a handheld phone. And your story was basically, here's a mystery box. Let's open it. We all love mystery boxes. So yep. loot box, loot box yeah. in real life. That is really the film. And I was just thinking of the guild by Felicia day. And it's, it's literally just sort of like webcam shots. They probably use proper <laughs> cameras, but you know, it's very simple, you know, camera angles, camera shots, but the way it's edited in the story that is communicated, it makes that series engaging. I don't know about you. When I think of what is the greatest game trailer of all time, and there's there's two that come to my mind. One is the the cinematic trailer for Wrath of the Lich King, uh, that expansion of World of Warcraft. That I remember seeing that. I was like, whoa! <laughs> this is, and like it always sticks out as like a, a really great game trailer. It has really it's very simple. You know, it's basically about this Lich King who summons the big dragon. That's basically all that happens. But the n- narration, how it's done, is just so epic. It kind of gets you into the the mood into the game. That's what I one day hope to create. That you know, Blizzard videos are the best. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, funny enough, I actually think it was a trailer for Opposing Force, Half Life Opposing Force. I don't for for some reason that always stuck out with me. It just kind of built up the world. It hasn't aged well. If you went back and watched it now, it looks horrible. But I remember seeing that as a kid and be like, "Whoa!" But uh, that's another one. <laughs> Open that's <awesome>. cellar doors. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that Blizzard is uh, to me one of the gold standards for creating a great hype video. And for me, I wanted to emulate that. I wanted the hype train to leave the station when people saw my video. And I think that the story and pulling people into your world is very important with, you know, if you want the hype train to leave the station with a video, it has to do what Blizzard videos over time have, have each done. My personal favorite Blizzard video is the Burning Crusade video where it was Illidan saying you were not prepared. And that's actually kind of what I, you know, used as the, you know, inspiration for the deliverance video. And, uh, you know, like you said, Ori, it was about a hundred dollars on Fiverr to get somebody to, to talk like Michael, the Archangel for, you know, a minute. And it was fantastic. Ruined, probably ruined his voice for like a week because of what I asked him to, to do, like scream into the microphone. You oh, know? they have methods of doing it. You don't, don't worry about them. That's, yeah, uh, yeah but, they have, they have, there's, there's a whole trick of screaming into microphones. One of my voice actors, I have a roster of voice actors. So one of them, uh, her name is Storm. And she actually does some videos where she teaches like voice, voice uh, acting tricks. And one of them was how to scream into a camera, how to get ready. You know, always have the the water ready, and you know, make sure you you uh, uh, hydrate yourself before. And, and <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely fascinating. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and and you know, one thing that you guys kind of both chimed on earlier. One area not to skimp if you want to have a lot of people listen. Make sure the sound is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, our our podcast. Sean does a pretty good job editing and. If we didn't edit, I, you know, it's not, it's not that we couldn't just record. A lot of people will record a podcast from start to finish and just, you know, we tend to cut sometimes if we, you know, espouse too long about World of Warcraft, we have to cut that, you know, because we want to be like 45 minutes ish. And the, the one thing I just feel like people would not be able to listen if the sound was, if you had a lot of popping and snapping and other things like that, or if volumes were different, you know. Sean's voice was way louder than mm. mine or whatever. It's very distracting. And it's one of those things that breaks your immersion in, in a video is the sound. If something, you know, there's very few things that can actually pull you back into the re, into reality. And one of them is, you know, if your ear gets exploded or if there's this really, if somebody's like smacking their lips and, and it's all like, you know, ASMR, we don't, <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> I, I love that you said that because honestly, one of the things I spend the most expenses on is sound with my videos. I have a sound designer, amazing sound designer called Tal Steinberg. He's actually also here in Israel. And, you know, I could do sound effects. That's not hard. Just plopping in the sound effects, making sure they sound okay. And for for my my first year, that's what I did. But then I, I worked with him and it elevated the videos to a whole new level. All of a sudden, I was in the world. I was inside the story. I could like literally be fully immersed with it. 
And it's it was really hard to sell, uh, you know, people on upgrading the sound. I would say, do you want, you know, this package or this one with professional sound design? And they would like, oh, no, no, we don't need professional sound design. And it, it really frustrated me to a point where I decided to take a hit and every single video will have professional sound design to just fully immerse it. And we use, you know, the best tracks that you can play around with and, and you know, make sure that the bass is strong enough and the sound effects are right and the voice, the voiceover is clear. It went so far that I had an extreme pleasure of actually creating a rap song for uh, Robot Quest Arena uh, by Wise Wizard Games. They came to me, they had a video already made they had all the animation and they came to me and they said, we think the soundtrack is too boring. Can you do something with this? And I don't even remember who came up with the idea. We were like brainstorming. It's like, why don't we make a rap? I was like, <laughs> okay, let's, let's, and I've never done that before. So I found a rapper on Fiverr, King Reno, I think he's called, uh, amazing guy. And we used how we found a track, broken it up. He wrote the lyrics based on my brief and I sort of guided him to it and he, we performed with him in the studio and we basically created this crazy rap song that was stuck in my head till this day. And it, it, it was so, so successful. I don't, I think it's my, one of my most successful videos because people reviewers were singing the song as they were reviewing the game and talking about it. I think in good time society, uh, they said, Oh, this song slaps and stuff like that. And, and that was just sound. That was a whole project, which I did not do a keyframe of animation. It was just sound. So if you want to tug at people's emotion in one way or another, if you want your, your video to do something to people as they're watching it, I think the sound is really the area of, of focus. And I would say definitely not something to skimp on, but you know, with keeping kind of with the theme of, of a video on a budget, let's say somebody like me had enough to do a little bit of a video, you know, and kind of like a maybe your lowest tier package or whatever. And then I needed you to give, you know, generate the 3D assets, make the the motion and do the moving gifts for the Kickstarter page. But that's it. And I just needed to try to take on that sound job on my own. You give me the video file and then like I just go to Fiverr and find somebody or like what what would you suggest at the bare minimum? is possible well the the scenario you, you described um that was, that was a little that was a little difficult because that doesn't happen because i think i actually work with sound first i first have voiceover and music and uh, I so would then the cues the video play. doesn't it yeah the cues and the energy and it's a really good way for me to help the clients visualize before there's visuals because they're already hearing the music they hear the energy they hear the crescendo and they, they feel good. <laughs> they feel yeah. the video and it's much smoother from that. But that being said, there are tons of sites. YouTube it has a huge music library with great stuff. I've even used some of it for my videos. Uh, there's also a website called Ben Sound, which has great tracks. And I would highly recommend also just investing in a very good stock, uh, stock music. There is Video Hive, which has uh, Audio Jungle which honestly I use for almost all my videos. It's not, doesn't have a good search engine. So I would recommend digging deep into the, that website, going to, you know, page 79 or something like that. You would find a gem somewhere, but how to choose a track. That's, that's something I could talk for a long time. So I'll, I'll keep it brief. You need to find the track, which tells a story. 
not the track that tells the theme. Okay, I'll say that again. The track that tells the story, not the one that tells the theme. Because if you have a fantasy game and you look for fantasy music, you write fantasy music, you'll get the generic epic choir singing songs that sound exactly yeah strings and everything and and the breaks and and the the climaxes it all sounds the same and i think once you have a script and we haven't even talked about that i don't know if we'll have the time but once you have the script and you know the story you're telling and the story beats then you need to find the music and sort of try to imagine it that's why it's better to have voiceover before you even start looking for music then you can already like really experience the whole video and know exactly which which is a track that will elevate it even further there are two currencies in this world like you said there's time and there's money and one of them you can't get any more of <laughs> so one of the things i i hope to help with uh when when you have more budget or not even people that have less budget but their time is very limited you know it's there's just so much work to do. You know, okay, how much work do you have to do coming up to the Kickstarter? And the last thing you want to is to get stuck with, you know, keyframing something if you're doing animation or editing something that it feels right and it's just frustrating. So what I try to do is I tell my clients, just don't worry about it. Okay, I'll take care of everything. Obviously, they're part of the process, but they're the fun part. They see the result and say what they like and what they don't. And recently, another client said, um, oh, we have, we have all our videos, but we, we, uh, we don't want to do voiceover. It's so hard for us to find a voiceover actor. And I was just like, let me just take that off your back. I have voiceover actors. I'll take care of that. So, and okay, this is something important for me to say. When I make my videos, I highly encourage my clients to not create any assets specifically for the video. I say, do not spend more money for this video because the video is not the product. It's your game. Just give me all you have and we'll find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. We will like, I'm, I love playing games as you can see. So I'm like, let me play around with this sandbox that is your game and we'll figure out how to tell a story how to tell, how to show the art in unique ways, how to excite your audience. Do not spend any more money than you need to. That's great advice. It's, um, I think that relying on you to think, if somebody's able to hire you or a videographer like you, then one of, I, in my opinion, the most greatest L, uh, amounts of value you bring in addition to your expertise is your ability to think critically, knowing the things that you know which are much greater than the things that I know about, about this. And so I think uh, trust is an important currency in, you know, in this business where I, I have to trust people like you to be the expert for me and I'll just get a much better product. Mm -hmm. um, so Ori, I know that you've developed a, a product to help people create their own 3D images with their, their board games. And I suppose they could probably even animate that. So in this vein of doing things on a budget, you've provided a set of tools using free software blender in order to create, you know, simple or even complex, depending on how much time you want to invest uh, videos for your projects. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about why you created that and, and what it can do? So we were really talking about the three solutions. And as you noticed, I, I, I sort of placed them from less time consuming to the most time consuming. And, and this is the one. 
Blender, like you said, is free. And I picked it up. And this is a funny story. I can't believe I'm actually telling you this. I, I wonder if the client is going to listen to this. Um, a client came to me and said, we want a 3D video like this. And they showed me uh, uh, one of the previous 3D videos, which were there. And I've never touched Blender in my life. I only did 2D animation or mock 3D animation in After Effects. And he said, can you do that? And I said, yes. And he signed me on. And in two weeks, I learned Blender from scratch, which I had installed on my computer. I was also planning to do it, but I realized that this would be my opportunity. And the lucky thing was that they already created the game in Blender. So they're like, could you use it or do you want to create it by yourself? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can use that. That will save me some time when I literally did not know how to do that. And we created an amazing video and it was very successful. And they got from more than 100K. A lot of people said the video was amazing. And that was basically my trial by fire to learn Blender. And then I realized anyone can do this. Really, anyone can do this. The tools are there. You just need to find an easy way in. And that is what I was trying to do. Okay. And people called me crazy. People said I'm insane for giving away my assets and giving away my secrets. And I don't think those are my secrets. And I don't think that's, that's what's going to make me successful. So I wanted to help as much as possible. I created with Blender, it has an option to create an asset library. So you could literally create like a library and drag and drop everything that you created. And we created for ourselves for eternally to make our work faster and easier. We created Anything that you would find in a board game, boxes, boards, uh, cards, tiles, uh, a pile of tokens, anything that you would need, standees, and that would make our work much faster. And I was like, I think people will find this very valuable. But I knew that just putting it out there without any instruction would just, you know, might not help enough because then there's so much work you need to do to find the right tutorial and invest the time. So I started creating tutorials, teaching people how to use Blender to make their own game board assets, uh, board game assets. And I created basically what is essentially a mini course inside this uh, asset kit, where in, I think, yeah, I think there's like one long one, which is just an introduction to Blender. And that's on YouTube uh, for free. Uh, you can see that now. And then inside, there's all these mini tutorials. This is how you create a board. This is how you change the textures. This is how you do, uh, 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 how you render your image. And in one day, if someone really puts his mind to it, he can do a pretty good setup of his game that would automatically, because it's set up that way, will look almost photorealistic. And I put like linen textures on the cards and I put like the tokens on the side. You can see the cardboards. And you know, when you punch it out, there's a little scrap mm. of white where it connected so you have that already embedded inside so it would look as realistic you can get do very very close uh close close-ups and yeah i i started uh sharing this on my store right now it's um uh, there's a lot of work behind it so i had to price it uh but i think it 49 dollars. i'm hoping people is not that much of a uh, of uh, an investment for this tool that's really fantastic it seems to be very inexpensive um, for somebody that's looking to do it themselves that maybe has the time, but not the the money. I think it's almost, to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. When um, I saw it, I was stoked. Like, well, this is super cool. And yeah. I could I'd immediately see the value in it, just doing a little bit of a blender and yeah, figuring that people can drag and drop and then just 
even take stills they can use for their ads. I thought this is going to be very useful to people. Yeah, not only that, I'm updating it. I, I keep adding more stuff. So I now added like different environments. So if someone has like a cyberpunk game, so I have like this metallic floor. And if this is a fantasy game, I have a wooden floor. And I'm just, and it's, it's not a lot of uh, effort for me to add more stuff. It's just every time I create something for myself, I can throw it in. But then I decided maybe I can even do something more. And I created like very specific items which need to be changed, like a drawstring bag. Okay, you can have it open, you can have it closed, you can have it full, you can have it empty. So we created a very sophisticated model using all Blender. Okay, the Blender has all these tools so people can manipulate it and do show it exactly the way, the way they want it. And very I'm hoping cool. we continuously releasing these and giving more and more tools. And so just, if people were to buy that $49 price tag, would they be kind of, would they be the beneficiary of those updates? Yeah. For that $49 future yeah, you, updates? You are will, you'll be notified every time there's an update to the basic kit and you'll be able to download it and update it pretty easily. That's excellent. Fantastic. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening so far. The reason I'm closing this episode is because Ori has given you, our listeners, a very cool gift on his already affordable board game blender kit. He is giving our listeners a 10% discount. There is a link in the show notes. You can click that. And I would highly recommend looking at this simply for the tutorials. If you just want to get into blender, these tutorials are going to be well worth the investment of the his asking price. So a link is in the show notes, or you can use the discount code of crowdfunding nerds, all one word, all caps, and that should give you your 10% discount. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to share it with someone if you found it interesting. Until next time, stay nerdy.